All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Good to Game Radio. I'm your host, Tony speaking, and joining me again tonight is Vance and Clint. How you guys doing? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just enjoying this lovely weather we're having. Yes, ice and snow, two to four inches. Another day of uh, winter paradise. How are you doing, Tony? Vance, what's up, dude? Hey, what's going on, Clint? What's going on, man? So I'm going to be playing Warzone tomorrow. I don't really want to play Warzone for like a long time, though. That's kind of how it is lately. I'll maybe play for a couple hours with Jason tomorrow morning. We'd already talked about it. But then I'm I'm already kind of thinking, what do I want to play next? And I just like started Googling it uh, before we hopped in this call. And I haven't got anywhere at all. Like I, I haven't really looked at anything. But I have that Demon Souls. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> I have Demon Souls. And I literally just have it by my stuff. And I keep forgetting to bring it into work. But I don't even really want to play it, I think. I started it a little bit. And my thoughts are kind of like... I feel like I've already played it because I've done the Dark Souls games and it just doesn't feel different enough to me. It's just, it's not, I don't really have a desire to go play and do the stuff I've already done in all those other games while learning the new game. I don't know. It's like a weird feeling, like my feeling about it because it looks amazing right. and it's, it is like new, it's new content to me, but it's like still kind of more of the same. And it's like, well, I could just play Dark Souls 3 or whatever if I wanted to. So it's a. I haven't like wrapped my head around how I feel about it, like fully. But I do know that I'm not going to be putting it back in my PlayStation Five at least before you know I give it back to you. You're kind of the same place I I was yesterday too, because you know I just wrapped up a game, finished Control the other day, and I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to play next? And I've I've spent like an entire day just scrolling through the menus of games that I have. I've gone through my entire PlayStation library that I have. I've gone over to Xbox's Ultimate Game Pass, looking through the games there. I can't make up my mind. It's like you're overwhelmed, and then you can't make a choice. I'm thinking, oh, another open-world game? No, I don't want to play another open-world game. Do I want to play a game that's 50 hours long or 10 hours long? Or what, a narrative or no narrative, or just pure shooter? Puzzle game can't stand puzzles. Can't make up. Uh, you gonna do crazy. another uh, another the medium? I you know what? Tony, I watched the end of your stream. I watched it. I didn't tell you that, did I? No. Yeah, I watched the uh, Vance. Did you see the end of the medium? No, I did not. Well, I'm gonna spoil it for you because it's a garbage right. game that I know neither of us are gonna play. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and listen, if you haven't played it and you're listening to this podcast, so maybe Jason, I don't know, skip it. So this woman ventures in, and I didn't watch the entire thing just because I already wasn't interested enough, but I did want to kind of get the resolution in the future. So you're at the end scene, you're on this dock, and you're talking to, is it the girl, it was called like Sadness or whatever? Was that the same girl, or was this a different girl? Because it looked like it was her sister. The girl on the dock is telling her, basically, you need to shoot me in the head with this gun, because I'm too powerful or whatever, and then you're like arguing about it and apparently they're sisters or something and then this big freaking demon starts coming up behind her like i'm too powerful it's gonna whatever and then your character says i don't have to shoot you i could shoot myself you know and it's better acting than that but only mildly and then she like it pans out and you hear a gunshot and tony you seem to be a little confused about who was shot to me i thought it she shot herself like that like almost clear to me but like it's still ambiguous but uh that's what had led up to that is like i'm just gonna shoot myself she had the gun to her hand yeah so your character at least from my perspective 
suicides herself to end the game. It would make sense, you know, that she's not going to shoot her sister. She's going to shoot herself. Yeah. My confusion was, are they seriously ending the game this way? That yes. was my confusion. <laughs> it wasn't a confusion of, you know, who shot who. It was a confusion of, like, I can't believe they're ending the game this way. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, the end of the game is part of the trailer. Interesting. Because I didn't watch, I never watched the trailer. It was. Yeah, I watched the trailer. You're right. I was confused. I'm like, you can't possibly be ending this game like this. But they did. And I think you even were like, maybe there's going to be a cutscene after these, <laughs> after the credits. Yeah. Well, there was a cutscene. There was a very, um, there was a scene at the very end of the credits uh, of somebody walking. I think it was her father. So if there's a sequel, it's probably going to be with him uh, or something. I don't know. But, you know, the game already did not offer a whole lot as far as gameplay wise. It had a cool atmosphere and you know, narrative that was decent until we got to the end. And then it's like the end was like, I can't believe this is happening. And I just spent nine hours playing this game to get this ending. But I mean, some people might like it. I don't know. But uh, I didn't like the ending, no. And it was just like that movie we had just watched like the day before called Little Things with Denzel Washington where he's a detective and the ending is kind of like obscure. Yeah, like I feel like he's like a detective in all his later movies and like <laughs> Deja Vu. The thing with him is Book of Eli. Like, yeah. Book of Eli was good though. That's one I've watched, like rewatched a couple of times when it's on like cable or whatever. That was a good one. Yeah. Sure, but wasn't the book empty though? Like blank? No, the in the the book in the book of Eli was in Braille because you find out that he's blind. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, I thought the it was. was okay, I thought it was blank. Yeah, he had no. the whole Bible memorized. Um, yeah, no, but he every time you see him reading it, his hands are on it, so he's not actually reading with his blind eyes. Right, he's reading the Braille, and then. When the other, cause there's, a, cause there's, a, there's another woman who's blind in it, who's in that town or whatever. With who, who's the? I feel like it's like Edward James almost or something like that. I can't think who the villain is, but uh, he's asking uh, her, and she's like, "Oh, I can't. I don't remember how to read it or whatever," because he knows that she should be able to read Braille or think she should. Um, I thought was it Christopher Walken? Was it Christopher Walken? I don't think so. No, now but see, I gotta Google it. I actually have. I he said he does right not now. read it with his blind eye. That's funny. Uh, he didn't turn a blind eye to all those uh, criminals that came after him, though. That much. No, because he could hear where they were coming from. He had like super hearing and stuff. I think it's Gary the movie Oldman. Open up with him, like yeah, just Gary Oldman. Yeah. Speaking of TV shows, WandaVision. Man, we're yeah. Let's talk some WandaVision. Clint, Man. I know you can't talk much WandaVision because you, you know. Haven't uh, taken the plunge all the way, but you know. Here's my first question for you guys: Just when you're, uh-huh. as you start and you lead into it, is it worth it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Getting past so, the first two episodes is definitely worth it. Okay, because that is my first impression was from over your shoulder. You know, we talked about the end of the day, just seeing a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. But if you are telling me both of you, and it was you know unanimous quickly, yes, okay, I'll get on board. Well, see, here's the thing. One, I think when you watch anything as far as like that's supposed to be some type of connection to the main meat and potatoes, so it is Marvel. So you know, since it is Marvel, at some point the power is going to come in. So you just kind of be like, when 
is going to happen, you know, and, and and I guess that's the part that kept me drawn in because say if you was watching, let's say a Batman film and it started like that, you know, at some point Batman's going to come out, so you just kind of be like, okay, well, let me see if this build up and the story tying in is worth the the climax. Yeah, that's actually a really good point that I didn't even consider. I guess just because I'm not familiar with their characters very much. Right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar with their characters very much either, but I'm. I like their characters in the show a whole lot, so and I'm very interested in you know where they're taking the taking the show. But it's very dark, you know. Wanda, who's one of the two main characters, I would say you like. I like her. She's an Avenger. She's supposed to be good, right? But what she's doing is really not good. It's a really kind of bad, evil almost. It's interesting how that kind of unfolding, and then Vision. He's finally kind of becoming self-aware of what, what everything that's going on around. His wife isn't something. She's up to something not right. So there's a, there's well, a lot of friction and tension building up between those two characters. Well, see, and, and Clint, he's he's so far behind. But you figure it's like, especially like that last episode. I mean, I feel like everything that she's seeing or or everything that we see, you know, it's her. It's it's her controlling it. So it's like, you know, how does, how does now, is that friction that she's causing within herself, you know, because like she's, she's controlling it and, you know, he's like, well, you know, you can't control me like the others, but outside of the Westview, he dies. So I still kind of feel like that's something that she is manifesting versus the reality. Like he's actually, you know, there. Yeah, I mean that's I don't understand how I don't I'm not sure how it works or even if she initiated it. I'm not even so sure that she's the one who initiated this whole thing to begin with, this whole ploy or this, you know, scheme to bring vision back or whatever. I'll, if it's somebody else that did it and she was kind of tricked into doing it and she willingly went along but she didn't think it was going to, you know, kind of go down this route that has gone down. But she's she does want to give it up, that's for sure, because like her brother says, you know, she's kind of created this Shangri-La. Why would she leave? Right, right. And then it's it's always, you know, that one person who is like, you're like, you know, <laughs> this isn't the way. But you know, I feel like just kind of like leave well enough alone because you know, like you see, like if you come and try to mess with a the world, then she's going to really like you know snap. And I mean, like, who's going to stop? Right. That one guy, the head of the agency is definitely, is, he's definitely working for somebody else, not that agency. Right. Then, um, yes, yeah, then just like, um, the one that came with TV, like, I definitely think that, you know, she, I mean, just like I said, later on, she, I feel like she's going to definitely play a bigger role than the role that she has now. Right. Well, I think it's a, it's also a way of kind of, the show is kind of a way of introducing the next wave of superheroes. You know, like uh, the one girl that was uh, kind of kicked out of uh, Westview or, you know, when uh, Wanda threw her out. She's kind of, right. she's supposed to have her own powers and stuff, I think. Right. Right. See, because cause it's funny because she was the girl from Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah, I think either this episode or the last episode, the head guy, he mentions that. You know, like nobody cares about your relationship with, you know, such such. And I was like, oh, it's coming. You know, it didn't see, but that goes back to, I hate to bring it back up, but that goes back to the conversation that we were having, you know, before we came on air. It's like people have to, people who are so rah, 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 they have to be treated like pretty much like crap from that person who they look up to in order to kind of see the light. And it shouldn't be like that. It should just be, 
you know, like just kind of just kind of, you know, look at look at what's going on. And then it's 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 funny too because depending on who you kind of ask, you know, like the good and bad, the the people who believe in the bad are going to believe it's good, and the people that's on the good is going to believe the opposite is bad. You know, which is crazy because who's to say who's right, who's wrong? Because they're both fighting for their own cause. Really good show, Clint. <laughs> you need to watch it. <laughs> you gotta watch. It. It's so like it's so much. So, it's, how, how many episodes are out right now? I think six. Yeah. Yeah. That many? Okay, I thought it was gonna be like three or something. I didn't realize it was that far behind. Yeah, okay. every Friday, every Friday, my man, every Friday. And you know, I saw something on Reddit that um, was saying like Marvel is going to, it was like some sort of release schedule for the Marvel um, TV shows or whatever they are. And it said like one thing a week for the rest of the year. And some of it was making of like, you know, WandaVision ends in March or something, I think it said. And then it was, you know, something about WandaVision, just like a, not like just a director or whatever. And then it was going into these other characters after that. Um, so there's going to be more shows that presumably will be similar, or at least, uh, or uh, at least funded similarly. And one thing apparently is this WandaVision has a huge budget, from what I um, what I read. Yeah. And I think probably a lot of CGI. What is it? CGI. There it is. Yeah. From what I understand. Yeah. So far, I mean, there are two <laughs> big projects: um, the Mandalorian and. Um... Man, you know what? You know what? You know what? Look, this this is oh man. So to me, if we are going to let's say do some okay, all right, just like let's say this podcast, right? And let's say hey, all right, guys, we're going to do this. This is going to be what we we going to do, and you know we putting time and effort to it. Then the personal stuff has to be like left out of it because I don't know if you've been keeping up with Mandalorian, but the girl that used to be a fighter, she's no longer on the show. Because of, yeah, yeah, because of whatever you know, she said, posted whatever, and I'm like, one, it should be taken on that deep. Two, it was like you got a good thing, so it was like, I mean, look, I get it. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to share their opinion, but is it worth it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's so many people that you know have been off, you know, good shows because of personal opinions. Like, I just have to send that tweet. I just have to, you know, put that post up on Facebook. And it's like, really? Like, did you did you have to? You know, you can't wait till barbecue. Uh, are, is your, uh, I guess, feelings on this that they need to just shut up and not say their intentionally wildly offensive things to one side or the other? Or is it that we need to not care what they say if, and they can stay on the show? What's your thoughts? Both. And, 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 and the reason why I say that, because, like, everybody has an opinion you know what i'm saying but it's like you know you know there's a time and a place kind of for it so if if you're at home comforting your own home and you say something that's one thing you know what i'm saying but now when you start you know tweeting it to the mass and yeah because now we're in a society where it's like i can say one thing and as long as a million people come up against it then that's going to move the needle against me but on the other hand it's like when i first got the job i am now I didn't ask what was the CEO's religion, what his values yeah. are, what yeah. his sexual orientation are. So therefore, if he comes out and say anything, I don't care what it is. I'm not going to be be touched any type of way because that's not what I signed up for when I first started the job. And I think that's the same way I look at actors and actresses. I didn't do uh, in-depth you know, like history check on them. So when I watch a show, I just watch the show for what it is. So, you know, a lot of times I don't even keep up, you know, with what's going on. I just happen to be like, I go on Yahoo like almost every day because they have like crazy stories. And that was one of the ones that popped up. And I'm like, really? Like, and I like the show, really? So now either you're going to be recast, you're going to be killed. I'm like, oh my God, like, why? 
Bro, you're gonna have to catch well, me up. Like, Cause I've every time I see this news story, I just don't pay attention to it. So you're gonna have to catch me up. What did she say that got her booted from the show? Like she was really going like from the little bit I read of it, like QAnon stuff, and like um, I think I think something like specifically offensive towards some minority group. But I don't. I, I think I, I I don't even think I read what she said, but. I mean that on this kind of a similar note, but just as a you know kind of posing the question, when we found out about Kevin Spacey and what he had been up to, uh, House of Cards, which was phenomenal, um, that entire show just like crashed and and we lost it. You know, I've I've never gone back and rewatched it now because it's all the my perspective has changed, and I think part of it is if I'm watching an actor. I'm not watching Kevin Spacey. I'm watching, what was his name? Frank, whatever. Um, I'm watching that character and I have to believe that they are that character. And I think when someone does something like horrific, like Kevin Spacey, then it brings you, like I, I'm not going to be able to enjoy Kevin Spacey knowing the kind of things that, you know, he, the, that he had done, you know, the, the, the crimes and the people that he hurt. I'm not going to be able to buy into him as a character. And I think that that's probably where some of that comes from. Uh, like I haven't, you know, I've seen Gina Carano act like, I don't know, however many years ago, like right after she left the UFC or something, and it was horrendous. So I don't know if she's, you know, become a better actress, you know, in, in that time. And, and it's a character that she plays super well, and it's going to be a big thing missing. I don't know. And uh, because I don't like, I can say Kevin Spacey, I know if I go and watch House of Cards, I'm not going to be into it just because I'm not going to be able to get past what I know about this guy and what he's done in his personal life. And I think that that's one of those, that's part of like when they're making those decisions on what actions they're going to take with these people that I think that's considered. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm glad you said, because this was something I was thinking about. Um, uh, I don't know fully the whole story. Oh, um, whiskey Jack, let me ask you, this is what she said. She said, uh, she said Jews were beaten in the streets not by Nazi soldiers but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousand Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? That's what she said uh, in totality. But uh, Clint, back to what you said, it's like um, so okay, so there are let's say certain movies that are made in, in, in history, right? Like, like, you know, they're, they made history with like that. So, you know, there's certain, you know, derogatory terms that are said in movies and people find that, let's say it's art it's for, you know, it's for the Academy it's for cinema entertainment. Unchained. But, right. But if that person says it out, you know, with friends or whatever like that, now it's, oh, that person's a race, so that person's so, oh, man, we gotta do something about this person. So, my whole thing to that is, is like, the word is said, the word is said, like, yeah, you have the contents of it, but at the same time, it's still said. Now, you have some people that have, like, different morals and stuff like that, like, uh, let's say George Strait. George Strait, all the movies he played in, he never kissed another, you know, leading lady because that was the agreement that he had with his wife, and he still went on to be successful or whatever like that. So, it's like, where does that goes back to, you know, with the, uh, what's her name? The Gina uh, lady. It's like, so where does it it, it, it stop and begin? And, and, and when do we care enough to be like, that's just art or, okay, it's just uh, whatever. 
Well, I think the difference is what happens on screen that, you know, they're an actor and they're portraying a role. Like I don't, if I see Rambo murder however many people, I don't look at Sylvester Stallone as, you know, a, a monstrous murderer, you know, because that is what the character he's playing on screen. But if Sylvester Stallone went out and murdered someone, okay, well now he's a murderer, you know, and because that is, you know, that's not the art that he's creating. It's what he's choosing to do. And I think that's the difference. Like if Gina Carano was in a movie and the movie is going to have her, uh, uh, and maybe maybe this uh, Mandalorian show, maybe she's a horrible per- – I, I just don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, but I would not hold her accountable for the things her character does uh, in that. Now, I might – like if a person was going to be – choose to be an actor in like something specifically to be like hate propaganda, then I'm going to hold that against them. But uh, I think that's going to be like an extreme. But if you're just going into – you're you know, lucky enough you got a mainstream role – what your character does in that role, or you know, I'm not going to hold that against you. You're making the choice, like Kevin Spacey, to go back. We're jumping all over to people, so I apologize for that. Kevin Spacey made personal decisions that were horrendous and hurt a lot of people, and because of that, my feelings for that person, not the character they uh, portray, or what is has changed, um, and that would affect my ability. I mean, really, I don't even want. I don't want to look at the guy. Um, right, but. Gina Carano, like, and I, I, I knew, I, I think I had read what you said, but I don't think that was it. I think it was like, it wasn't an isolated thing. I think that was maybe the straw that broke the camel's back. Cause I know that she was kind of getting, uh, I, I saw a little bit more context posted when I read it, but that's what I imagine they're considering is, is, are, are we going to lose fans? Are people going to boycott the show? It, it, it's part of cancel culture. I mean, it's really what it comes down to that this is a part of it. And their decision, I'm sure, um, I don't know if a single person that made that decision has any kind of backbone or cares at all about, you know, that that uh, group of people that she offended or <clears> if they <throat> are just looking out for their their show. I know here recently that uh, Disney has been taking a harder line with uh, all the uh, political comments coming from its actors and actresses. It's, 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 <clears> happened, <throat> it's been happening for years, like Roseanne got her show back. And she kind of started spouting off that same, I don't think you know, QAnon was not a thing or whatever, uh, at least that I'm aware of then. This is like, I don't know, five or six years ago, maybe more than that. Um, right. She got the show back on the air and then she was tweeting like my memory of it. No idea what she said, but my memory of it was like some racist garbage. And boom, shows off the air. Every person that was working on that show lost their jobs, you know, and livelihood. That is probably someone's big break that they lost. But I don't want to support a person who has that, that, you know, if their view is that, like I, I'm putting money in their pocket by supporting the show. I don't want to support that person. I mean, that's my feelings on it. I don't think I'm a big cancel culture person uh, because I think a lot of times that gets really crazy. Like what's a Johnny Depp, you know, apparently his thing, he got canceled and then it was, it was fake. His wife apparently had lied and like was actually the one being the abuser. And there's all this evidence about that and everything. Like, that kind of stuff happens as a result of cancel culture. You know, the victims that shouldn't have been, you know, shouldn't have been the victim. But at the same time, you know, you got it. I think these companies are looking after their bottom line. Right. So it then, so, uh, Clint, this question is for you. So for the people that were, let's say, who were upset at what uh, Colin Kaepernick was doing with the football, yada, yada. But, I mean, 
we have people who we work with every day who have different views, but I don't see anybody kind of quitting their job, but the success of everybody is still putting the money in their pockets. So how do you, how do you separate the two? It's like you might not be directly putting money in somebody's pocket, but how well you do above the wing, how well I do below the wing is still putting money in that person's pocket who may have similar views than people who you say, I'm not going to watch or I'm not going to you know, support as an athlete, whatever or not. I think that's a great point that you're bringing up right now. And uh, excuse me, the, uh, the, the thing with Colin Kaepernick, I can't even tell you because we live in a Southern state and we have a lot of uh, people that are very conservative. Right. And I, the, I heard a lot of that perspective about Colin Kaepernick um, and people, oh, I'm not going to watch the NFL anymore because of that. You know, I'm not going to, I've heard that from a lot of people. Um, I, I, it's crazy to me, but that is, a, that is in, in what happened with Colin Kaepernick. And right. do you make the decision, just like we're talking about, do you make the, the decision that, uh, what is it, good all or whoever, like, um, is, is offended by him kneeling? Or is it, oh, well, our base is all these people who feel this way, and we don't want to lose a lot of money, so now he's fired. Um, because I don't think what their opinion is probably doesn't matter because I don't think they, they have at all the backbone to stand up for what they believe is right. Right. Uh, I think that's probably people that have a lot of skin in the game. That's probably a very common thing with them. Right. So I think in, uh, NFL went hard on, like I heard this thing recently, the NBA is not gonna, uh, like I think it was Mark Cuban or something that they were not going to play the national anthem at Mavericks games. And now right. the NBA comes out and says, uh, yes, you are. So it is there like Mark Cuban making uh, like, and, and I'm not going to say whether I agree with it or not, but I think that is a, a bold decision to do something. And the right. NBA saying, we are not going to let your decisions cost us money because I think right. that's what it ends up being. Whether they agree or not, they're not going to do it. It's the same with the NBA thing. It's the same with these networks. They're interested in, in keeping their money segue alert i am a little excited about a topic even though i think it's gonna be i really feel like we're we're coming up on an absolute train wreck the borderlands franchise is getting a movie have you guys heard about this no i'm not i'm not so you guys know because i think every time that i have been on this (laughs) podcast i have probably at some point mentioned borderlands borderlands Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah tony you played vance i you haven't played any of them right (laughs) Okay, so Tony, yeah, I guess this is going to be a little bit more for you, and I'm probably going to try to spell out who some of these people are because the cast is kind of all-star. We literally uh, have an Oscar winner that is going to be participating. In a Borderlands <laughs> in movie. Borderlands okay. movie, yes. So Tanchit is going to be playing Lilith, and Tony, you remember the siren? You remember that character, like the character of the siren that had the... Uh, but do you remember Lilith? Uh-huh. She's the sign. Okay. Right. Kate Blanchett is playing Lilith. Oscar winner, Kate Blanchett. I'll put in there. And do you remember Tannis, Patricia Tannis, who is the woman who is like the nerdy scientist woman who talks real fast? Yeah. Okay. That is going to be played uh, by Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. You remember Roland? Yeah. Okay. 
the stiff upper lip, like doesn't crack a smile the entire time. Right. Played by Kevin Hart. Wow. <laughs> Comedian. Kevin Hart. Okay. Also, Roland's like huge and muscular and a soldier, and Kevin Hart is hilarious but tiny. And then the other one we have, the last one, it's directed by Eli Roth, who has not done anything of note. I think he did Hostel, directed Hostel. But he's the guy who played, and you guys have seen Inglorious Bastards. Do you remember Donnie, the bear Jew? Yeah. That is Eli Roth, if you're not familiar with him. He's directing it. But the most recent thing is Claptrap, the robot, is being played or being voiced by Jack Black. I saw that in the news about him voice acting uh, Claptrap. That is the only one of those uh, actor choices that I feel is going to be like a, the like a good choice. It's just so far off, kind of all know? over the place. Yeah, like Jamie Curtis is, I, I imagine, in her sixties, um, and Tannis, I think, is twenty-seven. <laughs> like, it feels and, like uh, you know, it reminds me of the Jumanji movie, the the last two Jumanji. I was saying, kind of way they're setting that up. Kind of very up heavy in the comedy with outrageous yeah. outrageous worlds that are going to be in I'm just curious like the the fact that this this director who is I mean he's I don't even know how much I mean he's obviously a successful person in the business um, but as far as directing I went and I looked at his discography um, and there was just nothing the, like the hostile oh hey I, I recognize that and there's just been a lot of I mean, I have it somewhere. I pulled it. I looked, brought it up for Book of Eli, but like, it was like just some horror stuff. And then he's got like these comedians and things on it, which I, I don't understand at all what, what that choice, but I thought it was interesting. You know, it's, it's relevant. Yeah. Uh, you guys, uh, Tony, are we going to go see it in the movie theater? Oh, you know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> coming coming. But speaking of segues, I'm going to see your segue <laughs> and up it with one of my own. Since we're in the realm of video games turned into movies or you know on-screen media, right. uh, my segue will be The Last of Us video game has a uh, has a TV show coming on HBO. They announced that last March, but what kind of brought it back up into the news was uh, they named the cast members that are going to be playing the two main characters. So. Joel is being played by Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian. Uh, Game of Thrones fame as well. And also, Ellie is going to be played by Bella Ramsey, also of Game of Thrones note. She is Lady Mormont. Say who that is. Lady Mormont's right. She was so good as that character. So, yeah, they just made that announcement uh, last week. So this is really exciting, I think. One, Vance, I don't think you've played The Last of Us, have you? No, I have not. But you saw me playing number two, right? Right. It's really exciting because uh, it's made by it's going to be made by HBO. That's the most exciting part (laughs) of the whole thing. So you know it's going to be. There's a high chance it's going to be high quality. But amazing. uh, The two uh, guys in charge of it. uh, One is the creative director and the writer from the game itself, uh, Neil Druckmann. So he's got kind of control over the show but he's also going to be working in conjunction with the guy who filmed uh, Chernobyl the uh, miniseries on HBO did you see that one you told me all about I, it I, I, I didn't see it. 
and I have I forgot I have completely forgotten about it and I need to go watch it because you vividly re like re explain you know you were basically giving me the uh, the the monologues and the dialogues that of these characters and just you repeating this you know these things that were going on was fascinating to me right um, and I still I can't believe I forgot to watch it well, yeah the show was the uh, Chernobyl was awesome uh, so they got that guy. Who wrote that show and uh, the the writer for The Last of Us working together? Their the director is some uh, is a Russian director that's filmed a couple of uh, films that have uh, won awards, you know, at multiple uh, film festivals or whatever. But it's kind of the overarching theme here is everything's really dark, like the world is r- just dark, post-apocalyptic. You know, everything's gone to ruin. If you've played the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So so excited to that and the quality of actors that they have playing in these roles. Um, and they, they have yet to name more of the characters, uh, more of the actors yet uh, to play the characters. But it's basically the, the first season is going to be based on the, uh, the first game with the possibility of more seasons kind of delving in between the years, between the first game and the second game. Which is perfect because I haven't played the second game yet. Maybe that's gonna be. Maybe that'll be the next thing I decide to play. But if I am still a slacker, which I tend to be about this type of stuff, I could still watch this first season uh, without messing up the the future game. And I'm excited about that, Tony. Another interesting uh, facet about this is being produced by. It's not. It's being produced by HBO, but also by PlayStation Productions. And so Sony basically... What have they been involved in? So it's it was something else. It was called something else before PlayStation Originals or something like that. But PlayStation or Sony has decided that they've looked over and they've saw the success uh, that Marvel has had transitioning comic books to, you know, to movies and uh, seeing how Marvel has just raked in all, these, all this money over there. So Sony's kind of decided that, you know, they have this huge catalog of video games, high quality games with, you know, great narratives and stuff that they can also bring to the theater. Obviously, you know, you're not going to mix, uh, you know, The Last of Us and Spiral the Dragon in the same universe, but you can make lots of uh, lots of different shows and, and movies. It's just like so we have The Last of Us TV series coming to HBO. I mean, you that could be multiple seasons. I mean, that universe is fantastic. But also, next year, you have uh, Uncharted coming to the big screen. So that and the main, yeah. the main character there uh, is being played by uh, Tom Holland of Spider-Man fame, right? And they've already had yeah, yeah. success with their Spider-Man franchise because Sony is allowed to make those Spider-Man movies uh, separate from Marvel. But the uh, the idea that they're going to be bringing all these, you know, well-known video games to to the big screen or to television, but do it in a way that's high quality because uh, Sony Productions has been created by Sony to specifically handle this uh, move into television and uh, and movies where typically video games are licensed out to movie studios and they don't always turn out all that great. Well, you know how, you know, so Sony wants to keep control of as much of that as possible. So they have to do as much of it in-house as they can. So they have, they've kind of created this arm 
that's going to work just like Marvel. And you're, we're going to be seeing a lot more stuff coming to, to television and the, and the movie theater from, you know, franchises that we've enjoyed. So I thought that was pretty so cool, man. It's, it's so exciting that uh, I, I feel like television and movies and stuff like that. And I, I'm not really big on movies. And Tony, obviously, you are just like, you know, super into movies. Um, and a lot of this stuff, like I miss out on, you know, and it's just whatever. I'll get to it eventually. I'll see I'll see this stuff. But the fact that we have just such high quality stuff that's been coming out over the past few years. And it seems like there's such a there's there's like a pivot happening where they're they're seeing the value in that. And it's exciting that Sony's going to be putting all these resources into uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully having a successful launch of, you know, this branch of, uh, of business. It's really been a transition of acceptance from the general public into nerd culture. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, now it's going to be video games, you know, so yeah, it's everything is becoming more mainstream and accepted you know, where you have these uh, production studios and, and publishers are willing to take on uh, this stuff because it's just a huge demand for it right now. But yeah, I can't wait till The Last of Us comes. <laughs> That's going to be... I'm Just the anticipation I'm going to have for that is the same anticipation that I had for Game of Thrones when it, when it first aired on yeah. HBO. And I told everybody, you got to watch this show because I read the and you were kind of like you're in that kind of niche group of people that have read the books and you know how great it is and it's like it's coming to HBO I'm like please be good right. I, I just pr- I was like please be good please don't butcher the the, the material or whatever uh, obviously they did and yeah. lucky for you you stopped you stopped watching after season 7 right, <laughs> <laughs> right. but no but you know to watch everybody get excited for what you knew was good right and it's like and then yeah. Everybody yeah. dropping one-liners, yeah. dropping one-liners and stuff like that, and then you all of a sudden become the expert, right? You're the expert in that field because <laughs> you read it in the books. Well, let me tell you, You're in the so books, reversed. now we can say, let me tell you, in the video game, it was like this. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, we got a lot of uh, television and movie talking. Let's talk about some games, Clint. Yeah. Clint, what have you been playing? Uh, I so I have been playing Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, Tony, we spoke the other day. You said you had played through it but hadn't beaten it. Uh, Vance, I don't think that's your style as much, is it? Have you played that one? No, I've not. We did. Did we talk about this? Because G- it's it's made by the same people that made GTA, which is right. Rockstar, Rockstar Games, right? Yeah. Um, so I played GTA Five. And I enjoyed it. It just, it, and it, you know, I beat the game. I played online a little bit, um, but you know, it, it was a good game and it was a lot of fun. And people are still playing it. And that's got to be five or six years old. Uh, I don't know. It's it's been out for a long time. And apparently, since that game came out, they released Red Dead Redemption Two. And I could see like a ton of similarities. Um, but I just beat it. Actually, I don't think I, you even knew that yet, uh, Tony. No, you hadn't. Uh, I yeah. I beat it on I think our snow day that we just had a couple of days ago. I beat it, and it was, it was amazing. Like the story that you that uh, like the way that they tell the story, I thought was amazing, and how uh, the big open world and like things that I kind of hated about it, I like learned to see the value in it. Like, and my example for that is uh, how you move around in the game. Like you just get on your horse and you start riding. And it's going to take you somewhere really far away. And that was really annoying to me uh, at the start. 
And I just was like, why? Why like why are you punishing me for playing your game? Is how I felt about it. And then I had to like my perspective changed a little bit. I thought, okay, well there's all these things you gotta hunt and you if you get like, you know, there's different quality animals. If you get the perfect quality animal, then you can get this thing or whatever. So I would just be riding along and I'd see like a, you know, a bunch of uh, elk or something and I'd go I'd be like, Oh, hey, let me stop from my long ride and go and hunt yeah, one, you know, just shoot one or whatever and skin it. You're uh, like they give you world events you would have missed out on if you just fast traveled. Yes. Um, but even like the like mini quasi fast travel thing is the one of the things I thought was amazing that they, they put in it is if you set yourself a, a a marker on the map and you just start on the road, you know, get to a road and just start going down there and you push the button to go into cinematic mode, which they have, it just basically takes all your HUD away and it changes the, you know, the uh, perspective from, I don't know, the, the field of view or whatever. It puts it basically as like you're looking at a movie, uh, movie theater screen right. and right. you just hold down the button to move and it steers you and just takes you and you can just sat, sit there and watch it and you still see all the little animals and stuff like that. But I thought that was amazing because some of the areas are hard to navigate and like I'm hitting rocks and killing horses and stuff like that and and uh, uh, or running into people. That was my biggest thing, man. I played it and I got like the, to the you know, you if you do good things, you get honor. If you do bad things, you get dishonor. So I got to 100 percent honor and uh, like I'd go into a town to do something. You know, I have to go to oh, the post office, whatever. And then I would get on my horse and I'd start driving and it's third person. So I don't see the person that's right in front of my horse and I trample them and kill them. <laughs> well, now I can't do the mission. Now I can't do the mission I have to do. And now I'm wanted and people are shooting at me. I have to like run away or like I can try to kill everyone, but then I'm going to be more dishonorable. And then it's, I can't do my mission uh, because I'm now, you know, their the whole town's after me. So I got to find a place to get back to pay off my bounty that I just got, you know, like, that kind of little stuff like that. Like I, I accidentally killed so many people <laughs> uh, or even just playing today. I went and rescued these people from these crazy backwoods kind of folks um, that skin people alive. And I rescue them, um, shoot all the bad guys. And then I go and to push the button to talk to the guy um, is the right trigger after you push the left trigger, whatever. I literally accidentally aimed my gun at this guy because I hadn't put my gun away. And he's like, what is wrong with you, man? I'm like, I just saved your life. He goes, look, run, like, run. and they run away from me after I saved their lives. So like, what did I miss? What dialogue did I miss out on? What did I, you know, <laughs> what story did I not continue? Because I accidentally, the, the amount of that stuff happened was uh, just happened all the time. Little button pushes like that. But like all the amazing things you could do, the decisions you make and how you get different dialogue for uh, even, you know, did you go in and do this mission without killing anybody or did you kill people and you would get different dialogues, different items, stuff like that. And part of me hates that because I just want to have the best thing. And I don't know how I'm going to have the best thing. Like give me the best reward for my decisions. Like you're putting weight on my decisions and that bothers the crap out of me with a video game. Cause it's like, well, what if I had played the game differently? That's what I'm thinking now. You know, what if I had done it differently and do I want to jump in and play it differently, which is very smart of them. Right. But, like, I don't like, I don't want to go in and murder everyone. It's like a video game it makes me feel bad. Like I accidentally will shoot their horses. Like when the bad guys are shooting at me, I accidentally kill their horses. I feel bad about it. You're the well, well the well-intentioned outlaw. <laughs> yeah, and so that's actually there's all these challenges that I looked through. Actually, when I completed the game, I started looking at them, and I probably could have done it along the way. But one of them is bandit challenges. 
and I have unlocked zero of them. <laughs> it's like you have to like rob people or whatever, you know, throughout the game. And it's like, well, I haven't robbed people, so I haven't gotten anything from that. But, um, man, it, it's fun. Like in hunting and fishing and stuff like that has been, you know, the quest. Like there's a quest to get thir- to get 13 legendary fish. Yeah. And the day I beat the game, I beat it, you know, early in the morning because I, you know, uh, woke up to go to work and no, oh, can't go to work. Right. Um, so, so I just started playing like 5 a.m. And I went and got all 13 legendary fish the, that day, you know, like, give me, you know, I just really like when they give me something to do um, that, uh, you know, and then I get, you know, it gives me direction in a game like that. Right. I appreciate that. So I think that's a, I think that's a sign of a, of a, uh, a game that's made an impression on a person or that, you know, that you find that you really enjoy is like when you finish it, did you continue on to play past the main story? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that just is just indicative of, you know, a quality game that's made an impression on you. you know, it's kind of funny since you, I've had that, I've had that game since it first came out. You know, I always, I played through, I think I looked at the amount, like 30% of the story. And um, for some reason, I stopped playing it. I probably had another game that came across my table. I decided to play or whatever. But since you were playing it, I decided to put it back on my PlayStation 5. I spawned into the camp. I'm like, I've totally forgotten who all these people are. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how the menus work anymore. I don't know how to do any. I'm like, I'm, I spent like a minute trying to figure out how to get on the horse, you know. But um, something I immediately noticed when I, when I was standing there in the camp is all the people that are in the camp they're living their lives regardless of whether you're not you're there you know what I'm saying yeah they're yep. having conversations they're having arguments they you know they're going through all these interactions it doesn't matter that you you your characters even if they're there or not they're having these like these uh digital lives playing out in the camp and I thought wow that's and you get that in a lot of games, but but I don't think to the extent and the depth that you could feel in their conversations, like the quality of the writing and the in these hidden narratives that are happening in the background with these other NPCs, it's just so deep, and it's just you know brings you uh, brings you more into the world, whatever. It's like I was the game I was playing recently. It has side conversations that you can hear when you spawn into certain places. You'll you'll hear the conversations in the background, but they're real frivolous conversations. You know, they're kind of like gossip or rumor or something. Um, and they're usually the same ones, same sentences you hear every time you spawn in. But in this case, yeah. I feel like every time you spawn in, it's going to be a different conversation. I'm like, how many, you know, lines of dialogue do these NPC characters have? You know, it's crazy. But yeah, it's just so I actually I had that thought of how many hours these people would have had to record to get these the dialogue options. Like that was a thought that I had, and that's not the type of thing I think about. But I thought, you know, how many months of this guy's life was he in a you know a sound a sound booth doing audio recordings to make this game? And then there's tons of them that have all this audio. Um, I went into camp and this guy's arguing with his wife like loudly, you know, like and there's all these, like, there's all these crazy little side things that you just pop over. It's like, you could learn a whole, like a whole, you know, person's life story 
and, and that's not even a side quest. It's just you got to you got to be nearby when they're talking about this, and you can learn all these things. It's not really relevant to the game, but it's been developed. It like puts you in their world. And I, but absolutely, that's like when you're in the camp, all the things that are going on around you, and people come up to you and start talking about different stuff, or that's relevant to the other conversation that was just you just overheard, you know, like because they're being loud, so it affects other people. Um, it's just so well put together in that regard, and then the way that they kind of choose to tell the story, and a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I think it just it keeps you in their world, is is what I feel. So how did you like the uh, the main story? How did that end for you? I mean, how would you rank that as far as uh, games that you've played? I haven't, like I said, I haven't finished the game, so I don't know what the how how it ends. But don't spoil it. <laughs> I won't spoil it. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm so upset with myself. Okay. So when you're when you're playing the game, it gives you. Um, it's basically there. It gives you options and dialogue sometimes, and there's. What you're going to find is there's the one that's like the agree button and the disagree button is the most simple way to put it. Um, but it, it kind of sometimes gives you more context about what's going to happen or what, you know, what, you know, don't do this, do that instead, whatever. I pushed basically the agree button every time. And the agree button basically is going to give you honor, you know, because it's going to be like, oh, are you going to help this person with this or are you going to walk away? You know, like it's kind of that stuff. But the final cutscene, I'm getting the final decision and I have been honorable the entire time. But the way that they presented this last one, I went with the dishonorable decision. Um, because of things that had been set up before I thought I was supposed to, kind of, I regret it so much. <laughs> like, and and I, I talked to Jason, you know, our, one of our, our mutual friends who has played this game, who kind of was one that told me to, to get into it. And he's like, you did? He goes, why did you do that? I'm like, they tricked me, dude. Like, I thought that that was relevant. So all these little things happened right before I had to make the decision. Dang, man, this is really pushing me this way. And he's like, no, well, just tell me what the other thing is, you know. And have him explain to me what it is. I'm like, it's so much better than what I did. And I just felt so, like, I still feel bad about it. I wish you hadn't asked me that question because I had forgotten about it. I literally think, why wouldn't I back up a save or something? Like, why didn't I do this differently so that I could do it? You know, just, oh, man, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it it was great, a great game. And I think the fact that I, I feel, like, so strongly about it is really what makes it a great game. You know, whether or not I uh, am happy with my decision or not, like, uh, it, it's a game that made me care about it. And I think that's that's kind of what they're going for, I'm sure. Vance, what you been playing? Um, I've been getting into uh Fortnite lately. Um, my youngest son, he's like, he's real heavy into Fortnite right now. So his mom and I, we are, you know, helping him uh, you know, get like his challenges done and stuff. So, so that's what I've been playing, playing heavily Fortnite. And um, I got a new character on 2K per the per the UK the UK squad. So I'm grinding that person out. The UK squad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, UK squad like it's, have, uh, the... you, you're building it for a position, right? You're gonna be a you you were the center, or were you the point guard for these guys? Um, these guys, I was the point guard, but now I'm going to be the shooting guard. LeBron, it. Yeah, 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 Kobe. <laughs> yeah, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So that's that's interesting because you know there's always a difference of opinions and stuff like that. You know about different players and stuff. So one thing you know, if anybody's listening that plays 2K, you know you have to build a person to your play style. You know, like yeah, you may have one position uh, where you can build a guy to have 80 badges, and that guy could have, have the most badges on the game. But if you don't play to that style, then those badges are wasted, you know? So it's almost like, you know, somebody who is used to sniping and you give them a P90, well, they're not a running gun type player. So you can give them a P90 with extra mags with the fastest fire rate. They're still not going to be able to control that gun. So it's useless to them, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> how long did, how long does it with take? A P90 trying to snipe. Right. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would have probably used the the reverse one, but I still think it's a good point. Um, how long does it take to grind a character? Like, you start at level one. What's the max level? And then, like, um, you know, how many hours is going to take you to get this character to like a playable level for you? Um, that is a good question. Um, so the game is about. I would say 90% player. No, I would say about about 60% player. The rest of his IQ. So you can have an okay player with great IQ, and that player is going to look phenomenal. So you start at level 60. Um, the max you can get that person is 99. Uh, 95 is what everybody shoots to because then um, once you hit 95, then all your attributes go up by one until you hit 99. So it's plus four across the board. So if you were like uh, my three point is like an 86, but once I get to 99, it'll be a 90. But right now, I have him halfway, uh, halfway there. And cool I just stat, made... dude. 90% yeah. three-point. Did you say three-pointer, right? A three-pointer, yeah. Yeah, 90%. 90%. Okay, so your your players are all OP is what it sounds like, right? <laughs> and you know, like 90% I mean, in the league. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy because it's like it sounds – it sounds like a lot, but then you have players with 99 three balls. So yeah, like my 90 really isn't that high. You know what I'm saying? But um, but I've been using you know like the same shot, which is Ray Allen since 2K19, man. So I'm very very familiar with that shot. Is just learning the time, so to speak. And people would think that you know the shot is the shot, but just like now I'm shooting on the Xbox, and it's a different shot than the PlayStation or a different time than the PlayStation. So it's just uh, getting used to to the timing but yeah but it, it really doesn't take that long to grind to play if you grind for certain things so you have finished this so the four categories are finishing shooting playmaking and defense so as long as you go into the game and you concentrate on those avenues and you play with a team and they're helping you then yeah it doesn't take take that long but if you go in there you know just you know just playing around and yeah it's going to take you a while to get your guy to a max level so when you say your shot is Ray Allen's shot. Um, is that like you could pick a Ray Allen for like that super smooth, you know, thing, or you could do like a dirt for a fadeaway? Like a, there's signature shots for these guys. Is that what you mean? Yes, yes. So my signature just cool is uh is Ray Allen, but yes, you can put like a dirt and whiskey's like fadeaway. Um, I do have uh Russell Westbrook's uh Duncan packages. Um, so, so yeah, and, and these are all the guys like, you know, signature moves and stuff like that. So, uh, certain people, they like, like animations, they, they react a certain way and you get more out of it. So that's why a lot of people do, do use Russell Westbrook, you know, so and this year it's like, so every year, like, um, they kind of change the jump shots as far as like 
the green window, like excellent release. So this year is um Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade base has like the biggest green release. So I can make like I can go and create Ray Allen shot, but have Dwayne's Wade's base to give me a bigger green window, but I just keep it all the same. And I actually speed it up um just to make it faster. So how is Steph Curry in the game? Um, Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry is, is on the game, just like it's in real life. And a lot of people actually use, ha, it's called, it's called the, the, the Curry cheese, which is like his escape move, which is behind the back. And like, you can shoot off that. And it's like, I mean, that's an old piece called Curry slide is what it's called. But a lot of people use that, like he's back and forth behind the back and he just pull up like, yeah, like it's crazy, but. And so, like, like, do they all have, like, defense ratings? Like, someone, I don't know, I, I'm not really into basketball as much as I used to be, like, but, like, what would have been years back with, like, Dwight Howard, Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. Like, does he automatically have a higher defensive rating and then he can't hit a shot for the life of him in other areas? Is that, like, how he would be built specifically? Yes. So, you have, like, different names, like, uh, like a uh, Jordan is a two-way threat, and pretty much um that position can pretty much like do do it all. They can they can play like perimeter defense uh, as a guard. Um, they can pass pretty good. They can drill pretty good. They can shoot and finish. And then uh, you have something called a paint beast, which is just what it sounds like. They're just dominant in paint, like put back dunks, um, block shots, grabbing boards. You know, like they can do all all those things. And then you might have a dirt. Nowinski, which is a post facilitator who pretty much is good on the post, but he can also, you know, pass and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it's like, uh, it's crazy because this year you get to play against different legends and stuff like that. So, you know, like Larry Bird, he's great. Tim Hardaway, uh, Jerry West. I mean, like all these guys are like phenomenal. You're like, Jerry man. West, that's a... Yeah. <laughs> they got Jerry West dunking and everything on here. I was like, really? He could dunk? Like, really? <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm playing right now is uh, the 2K and the um, 2K and the Fortnite playing that heavy. I've been playing Control Ultimate Edition on PlayStation 5. Have you seen that, Clint? No, and I've actually, I've, I've seen like things pop up on YouTube like Speedrunner stuff or whatever and I've avoided all of it because I knew you were playing and I didn't want to ruin it. Let me, let me just say that uh, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, it's free to add to your library, and you must add this game to your library. Okay, well, you're talking about uh, Control? <laughs> control, yes, because if there's ever been a game to just give you that feeling of just all-powerful, you know, force, uh, it's this game. There are points in this game where I'm like, I walk into a room and there will be like a wave of enemies that like running down. It's like straight out of a movie. Like enemies appear and they come running down the steps at you and you just destroy them. Unleash a wave of destruction from your hands. Just, it's crazy. I'm like, this is what I picture Jedi Knights should be this powerful, right? (laughs) Okay. Not this mind control tricks where you know these aren't the droids you're looking for. You know this is <laughs> this is uh, you're a walking tornado, right? At the start of the game, you start you you get a handgun that you can upgrade or whatever, and then you get powers that you can like throw objects at people. And at first, like you're just strong enough to maybe throw like a rock or a glass or something, right? And then as the game progresses, you get a little bit stronger. Then by the end of the game, you're picking up like forklifts 
right? And hurling them at people. <laughs> okay. And then I think I asked you, uh, Vance, at one point, you know, in the in the Star Wars movies, did Jedi's ever were were they ever able to pick people up? We didn't know, but in this game, it gets to the point where you're powerful enough that you can pick up people, like and smash their head against the wall. You pick them up, smash them against the wall, and then use their limp, cold corpse as a projectile as you hurl it at his allies. Wow. Okay. It's crazy. And then it got to the point where you could like semi fly, like it's called levitate. And I think uh, Vance, you saw me in this in that one that one uh, Twitch episode where I'm like flying through the air and I'm having right. aerial combat with enemies that could also fly. I'm having aerial combat with them, and then I'm throwing, I'm picking stuff off off the ground, throwing it at enemies at the ground, you know, and. And hey, they got a Superman move too, where you're like you can come crashing down and like actually dent the floor. That's how powerful that's it is. awesome. And then you get to use your gun too. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, the Jedi's need to give up the, the lightsabers and take a, a semi automatic handgun because the combo of using all your energy, once you expend all your energy, you have to let it recharge. It recharges fairly quickly, but uh, in between, you're kind of vulnerable. Well, that's when you use your handgun, <laughs> and you can upgrade your handgun to all different types of constructs that can do different types of damage and stuff. It's like the most powerful I've ever I've ever played as a character. So, is it all PVE? It is all PVE. Did you uh, ever see? I don't know how much sci-fi you've seen uh, on television, but uh, did you ever see the show uh, Warehouse Thirteen? No, I never even heard of that. How about the X Files? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know how the X Files—they were always going investigating either aliens or paranormal stuff. Really yeah. Weird stuff. Okay. So the whole game is played out inside what's called the Federal Bureau of Control. It's a government agency that's located in New York City, and you go in, and you become, based on some things that happen in the story, you become the 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 director of the agency. That's basically this agency is, is put together to investigate the paranormal. So, um, so there's what are called thresholds. So they're doorways to other planes of existence. And so what's happening is beings and creatures and stuff are coming through these thresholds and you're battling them in the hallways of this building. That's just gigantic. Um, wow. Okay. And then, um, there are things called objects of power and they're just ordinary everyday items that are that are imbued with some sort of paranormal uh, abstract you know entity or idea whatever you want to call it as an example in the game there's a there's a refrigerator and you come across this agent who's sitting there and he's like pleading for somebody to help him and you so you ask him so what's wrong you know and he's like my relief never showed up i'm about to go nuts because i have to stare at this refrigerator i've been here for almost 24 hours and you're asking well what happens if you don't stare at the refrigerator i'm like in the age it's like i don't know but something bad's gonna happen <laughs> please help me so you have to go find his supervisor to tell him to go get him um a lunch break basically and you come back and you say, and you say, okay, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to go turn this uh, 
open this door so we can get you out of there, right? So when you go to do that, while you kind of lose sight of them, and then when you go back in the room, all you see is a big blood stain <laughs> on the floor. And so what happens is like the refrigerator requires somebody to have con- to stare at it constantly. And if you didn't stare at it, some creature in uh, in another plane of existence would come through the refrigerator and kill you. <laughs> oh my god, that is so crazy! Right, so it's crazy the the story um the world like the super sci-fi world like warehouse 13 meets x-files warehouse 13 was an old sci-fi show where these two agents their whole their government agents and their whole job was to go and actually uh, investigate i don't uh strange things that happened that that usually um circulated around an item or something and they would battle whatever and then they would bring the item back and they would lock it away in the warehouse that's basically what this game is except on you know it's they they implement like live video or uh with some of the scientists and stuff it really make, it really pulls you into the the game dude it's free on play if you look you said you're looking for a game you need to play. yeah I'll, i'm gonna play it tomorrow probably yeah but yeah you just you just become super powerful but yeah that's I that's like that game that's like the biggest complaint that PVE, like it's a big thing in Borderlands because you're not, there's no PVP. I mean, you can uh, duel somebody or whatever, but it's just a, almost a purely PVE game. And they would go through and nerf stuff and they like, they make it, they, they make you less powerful. It's like, make the game harder in other ways. Like let us feel powerful um, and it sounds like this game just executed that brilliantly, and I, I think that is it's very exciting to me. So I'm, I'm I'll, I'll definitely I'll probably download it tonight and I'll give it a shot tomorrow. But thank you, I'm glad you I'm glad that you kind of shared that because you really have sold me on this game. Yeah, it's yeah, he sold me on Destruction All Stars and then played. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, y'all gotta watch The Mandalorian. That's all I'm gonna say. You gotta get caught up on season two. That's all I'm gonna say. So, so the question is, do I watch The Mandalorian before I catch up on WandaVision, or do I just catch up on WandaVision? Uh, you can do either or because I don't want to spoil it. But if you watch The Mandalorian all the way to at least the last episode of the second season, it's gonna be great. It's going to be great. Well, maybe maybe I'll watch WandaVision so that I can be part of the conversations that we are having every week on the uh, on the podcast. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I don't because I, I kind of sit here and I think, how do I pay attention all the way, or do I kind of your, your intermission try to, to go, try to just let it go in one ear and out the other so I don't spoil it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. Because I don't I don't want to spoil it, so I can't say anything. But just Westman Lloyd. It ties in. Ties in yeah. to this to this podcast, but I also think that me not watching some of these things that are still relevant, like modern and relevant, is in some way uh, spoiler protection for our 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 audience, our listeners. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. True. Yeah, trying to get caught up on Mandalorian. I was going to do that the other day when I was sitting at home. Right. Appreciate everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate everybody listening. Everybody coming out. You know, giving yeah, us uh, we, your we, time. We appreciate the uh, 
the listen, you know, our numbers are ticking up, liking it. So we really appreciate everybody dropping in and giving us a listen. You know, again, if you want to send us a comment our way, you know, you can do that on our Facebook page at Good to Game Radio or send an email to me at Tony at GoodToGameRadio.com or our Instagram, Good to Game Radio. You can follow us on Twitch. I'm under Whiskey Jack. That's with two J's. Or Sent From Heaven. You can watch Vance play uh, there at uh, SENT, FRM, Heaven. And, well, Clint's not streaming currently, so. <laughs> but he'd love to yeah. hear you anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I think uh, that uh, one day soon we're we going to get on and play a little bit, you know, rage a little bit, you know. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, we we've actually talked about that a little bit, and we uh, to finding a game that we can all play and and we would stream it. Um, I think the only thing is that Vance, you don't like horror games, and the one that we were talking about was when we all hadn't played. That was a horror game. What was it Dead by Daylight? Is that what it's called? Oh yeah, Dead, yeah, Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... I think it'd be I think it'd be fun to do that at some point. Oh yeah, Outriders. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. That uh, that actually might be a good plan. And we've got what is that? Actually, when is that coming out? Is that only a, a week uh, or so? I think it comes out on <laughs> April first, but I think there's a playable demo on February twenty fifth. Twenty fifth, yeah. So yes, um, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Give it a try. Let's plan on it. Let's plan on uh, February twenty fifth. What day of the week is that? A Tuesday. Uh, yes, because uh, nope, that's a Thursday. Thursday. Well, wouldn't you know, I will not be working on February 25th. So you guys just need to take the day off, and then we can play Outriders together. Right, right, right. <laughs> it is. Tune in, folks, to their stream, their things that they just said, or One Hip Dude, who maybe <laughs> will actually stream for the first time in nine months. Right? Come on, One Hip. I know. They got, I'm sure all my, all of my, uh, what do you call them? Followers. All my, oh, they got to be clamoring. You just can't. They've been sitting around going, when is One Hip Dude ever going to get back on the stream? I'm sure, <laughs> you know what? When I did log into my Twitch uh, the other day when we were when I checked to see how long it had been, I did have messages from followers, which I thought was outlandish. And they were like, hey, you're going to be streaming again? I'm like, wait, is that a thing? Is this spam? Yeah, you, you know, it's funny, uh, Lady Switch. She streams and she wasn't streaming for a minute and then she got back on and yeah, there was people who were like, you know, like they noticed that she had as a streaming in a while. I said, man, so that's interesting. Like people, you know, like pay that much attention, but it does make you feel good as a streamer because, you know, you might like see, okay, you might got one view here or like that, but then you look and, you know, some of your loyal streamers are, the watchers are still checking you out. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. That's something Tony mentioned that he logged on and, uh, he had someone in there right away that he knew that had, you know, come in and spent time with him before. So that is kind of one of the cool things about streaming or, or Twitch is that, um, you know, especially when you're small streamers, like we all are or, or have been in the past, is that there's still people who are invested in your stream, you know, um, and it's you get to build those kind of those relationships that however kind of small or maybe insignificant they might seem, but uh, it's still you still get those good those good vibes those good feelings you know when you have someone you know come on the stream, right right right. 
Yeah, because I'm in that small town, man. People in the UK watch me, so I'm big, big time. Big. You know what I'm worldwide. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. International. International. Hey, you know what's funny, though? Like, uh, like I like other cultures, like just vocabulary, because it just kind of makes sense. You know, like uh, I was uh, playing with this one guy, you know, a little team, and he told his son, he said, hey, he said, son, tidy up the crackers. And I'm like, Man, that makes so much sense because when you think of cleaning something, it's like, you know, cleaning, it's like you doing a whole lot to it. Like you might vacuum in, you might wash it, but it's like if you clean your room, you're really just tidying it up. And I was like, man, that makes so much sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's a son, tidy up your crackers. I'm like, oh my God, my blow. You know. <laughs> have you, so have you figured out yet that when they say, uh, you all right, that, you're supposed to say all right you back to them <laughs> like that was the thing yeah. when i played with guys from the kid they'd always be like oh are you all right and i'm like yeah no hey what's up you know i never answered it right like for so long it's 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 funny you said that because for the longest time like they would call me vincent whatever like that so you know something i never whatever like that because you know there's guys that work to call me Vinny, and i mean they've been calling Vinny me uh Vinny since they know me but like vincent is like is not a good, I guess, like meaning behind the name. So Clutch, he plays with him too, but he actually said something to him about calling me Vance, you know, instead of Vincent. And then one day I got on and said, "Oh man, you know, uh, you know, we didn't mean anything by, you know, we, you know, they just thought it was Vincent, but said no, Vance. Now they call me Vance or whatever like that." And I said, "That's funny, like, you know, because I, I just like, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying." But yeah, I said that is funny, so, man. There's little differences, yeah. I, I can remember me and it was a couple of us were from the US and a couple of the guys we were playing with were, were from the UK and they uh they oh, they mentioned like how cold it was, like what the temperature was outside, but it was in Celsius. And so we didn't know what that was. We're like, was that good? Like is that like is that a desirable temperature? And like we ended up having to Google Celsius to Fahrenheit conversions <laughs> to even like know what we were all, you know, going through on the other sides of the world, but um, someone who in every other way like everything makes sense and you're always on the same page and you can fully communicate but then that big thing right there like a big difference uh, kind of popped out it's just a fun memory that you know fully communicate in any other way cannot tell each other what the temperature is yeah, right. something so simple alright that was a great podcast tonight guys anyway back to our listeners uh, if you have your favorite uh, podcast app spotify or itunes be sure to hit the uh, follow button that way you know when our newest episode is up and again we appreciate you guys dropping in and giving us a listen and uh, you guys have a great week yep thanks for joining thank you